Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Helmendaller. I'm Lindsay Heck. And today we're talking about wellness in Greek life. And to do that, we're talking to Emma Brooks and Peter Simon, two seniors. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Thank you for doing having me. Doing very well. Okay, so Emma, we've talked about doing an episode about Greek life, I think, for a while now, because mm-hmm. it's something that I've wanted to do, and it's something that you brought up recently. So, like, I guess just to start off, what is both of y'all's relationship to Greek life? I'm in um, Kappa Alpha Theta. We are an all-female identifying Greek organization on campus, and I don't have a role right now because I'm a senior, but I love it so much. And I am... Uh, brother of the Kappa Alpha Order. It's a social fraternity. I served as the president in spring of 2021 and fall of 2022. After that, I served as the marshal. And right now, since I'm a senior, I am not an executive member, but I am still a part of it. And I also love it very much. So overall, what is your favorite part about being in your organization? I think the definition of sisterhood is a very cliche thing, but I 100% love those people through and through. And I think that's what drew me to Greek life. And I just know that I always have a buddy to sit with in class and I always just have a friend on campus. And it's nice to be seen and to be known by these amazing ladies. I think a lot of the times, especially in the context of mental health and wellness in general, it's often hard to uh, keep yourself grounded in you know your values and the ways that you think. And being surrounded by a group of people who have taken the same oaths that you have you have like innate things in common with them you're you're around people that are like-minded and I think that helps a lot to remain grounded in yourself it comes to help you in times that you you wouldn't think it would and so I think that support system constantly being around people that I can without exaggeration called brothers I think that's definitely my favorite part What was that process for both of you where you knew that this was something that you wanted to be associated with during your time on campus? So I was a freshman in 2020. My open house recruitment was a video that I had to send in and answer questions for. That was not very appealing to me because I didn't get to go through the whole process, but I had friends who were in the organizations already and they were like, it's such a good opportunity, not only like for the support system, like you mentioned, Peter, but also networking is very awesome. So I decided to go through the process and it was on Zoom and it was definitely very different um, being being on the other side of it. Yeah. But I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think it's very hard. It was very hard to connect with people over a screen, you know, but these ladies in, in particular, it was just an easy flow of conversation. And yeah. So it was during COVID. And so it was similarly, like mostly on Zoom. I was the only freshman that joined that semester. My fraternity was filled with an entirely different population than who is here now. So I, I know. So I've seen an entire generation come and go, which is very, very trippy to me. (laughs) So people wonder, like, if it was during COVID and there were no other freshmen that joined, like, what brought you in? A couple things. The first is that I I knew I wanted to join a fraternity, not because I cared about the stereotypical frat benefits parties and stuff like that, but because I grew up around people in non-collegiate fraternities, particularly Freemasonry. And that was my biggest interest growing up was was esoterics and, you know, um, secret societies and things like that. And so I knew that I wanted to join something like this. Very interestingly, I ended up choosing K.A., 
because of its controversial history. It was founded post-Confederacy in the South. Some people view it as stereotypically a, a, a racist fraternity. And me being a Middle Eastern ethno-religious minority, I, I was like, I see it as honorable to try and be a part of actively in the change. In addition, I, I felt a draw to KA because I believed vehemently in the, in the, in the philosophies and the morals that it was founded upon. And I think it's important to be able to carry things like that on while acknowledging and using its checkered history as a measure for how far an organization has come. Theoretically, it's a perfect, of course not, but that's largely why, why I ended up joining KA. It's also why I became president. I wanted to get it hip with the times, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess COVID kind of has a double-edged sword because like, I think we were in like the same, same mm-hmm. floor freshman year. And so I, I was there during the rush process and everyone was just like online all the time. Yeah. And I'd see people like walking around and like stuck in our recruitment yeah. outfits. Um, <laughs> on one hand, like it was COVID. It was hard to do a lot of the things that Greek life organizations typically do during the recruitment process. But also it was a time that you're really, really seeking out that companionship and element of brotherhood or sisterhood. 100%, yeah. I'm curious, as your experience and growing up in a culture where you're exposed to these types of relationships and these types of organizations, what do groups like both of the ones that you're engaged in do to connect with people who might not have been exposed to um, Greek life culture, like first-generation or low-income students? Yeah, so I am a first-gen student. Um, I came into college completely lost, um, and I went into the recruitment process completely blind. So I think it was all about them meeting me where I am instead of like meeting me halfway because I couldn't make that trek by myself. And I think it's very important to reach out to a diverse audience, and it's also just very important to be transparent about that kind of thing. And I think that the Greek organizations are trying their best. At least I know mine is. I was very drawn to the fact that there seemed to be genuine intellectual diversity along with, you know, ethnic and religious diversity. I, um, my particular pledge class, like I said, it was just one other guy. So they uh, actually postponed my initiation. So I was formally part of the, that second semester's uh, pledge class, which myself included was majority Middle Eastern, which was very, very interesting. And so... I didn't feel like they were virtue signaling to me. I didn't want to feel like I was being treated with different treatment because, you know, both of my parents were immigrants or because, you know, I speak different languages and things like that. And so there was a person in my uh, freshman hall that when I told them I was joining KA, they were like, uh, oh, you're going to be the token Middle Eastern, I guess. And I was like, I nobody in the fraternity has said anything even remotely as jarring as that to me. It was, it was... It wasn't until like halfway through the semester when I heard that comment where I even considered it. It had never crossed my mind. Hearing that comment was very disheartening, to say the least. But to answer your question, ultimately, I think the fact that I never felt that way with the people in in KA was what brought me there. It was really centered on that sense of shared morals and principles. Absolutely, yeah. I love that. And there are many stereotypes, you know, associated with Greek life. What are some of the common misconceptions um, that are are specifically related to maintaining your well-being and how that fits into your experience on campus? Well, I think that like one of the main ones is that obviously it's a social sorority or social fraternity. And so 
like you mentioned earlier, Peter, partying. That's a big culture, not particularly at William & Mary, but like in Greek life in general across the nation. And I think socializing with people who, like you said, it's just shared morals. I think that that's a great part of it. But I also think that the people in my sorority promote many different dimensions of wellness and I think that comes through lifestyle wellness we organize a lot of events together and like literally yesterday one of the girls texted in our group chat and said does anyone want to start an I am tennis team even though she said like in parentheses like I'm not very good and I was like well that's good because neither am I um but it's just very fun things like that and there's also academic wellness we have a whole google sheets of like classes to take and classes not to take and everyone just wants to make each other better and it's just a great support system this is one of the things that I always make a point to tell the new members the the weird thing is like I want you to think about this there is across the country in almost every single university groups of stereotypically infamous and notorious students that live together are incredibly secretive and are stereotypically trouble-causing and universities across the country are just fine with it that's that's weird and and every time I bring that up to new members they're always like wait what like like (laughs) they really take a step back and think about it and you think about like how could something like this start The way that I view it is I think that what Greek life started as versus where it is now is unfortunately quite different. Universities, if you ask, like, why do they accept it? At this point, it's because that's just the way it is. But why was it originally? And the reason is because, just like Emma said, just like service fraternities and professional fraternities are seeking betterment in the professional and the charitable fields, Social fraternities are not just outlets. They are means by which your social life is and, and wellness is supposed to be bettered. There are certain moral and philosophical lessons that you can only learn from somebody that you genuinely consider to be your brother or your sister. And in order to genuinely consider someone to be your brother or your sister, you need to live with that person you need to grow close to that person the way that you naturally would and so i think that the whole like party stereotype about greek organizations is at the end of the day sort of a byproduct of the process it shouldn't be considered the goal you think about a store or a school all of these institutions they're named after the building a fraternity is named after the bond the sense of fraternity that you guys have the sense of sorority that the girls have. All it's supposed to be doing is growing that sense of fraternity with the end goal of creating bonds that allow you to better yourselves and others' mental well-being. And for me, I think that this has been exceptionally true. And it's one of the things that I, I think is most misconceived about Greek life is that this is something that gets overlooked or not cared about. And, and like Emma, you had mentioned before, like William and Mary doesn't have as much of a party culture. And so do you think that like William and Mary does something specifically with its Greek life that makes it stand out compared to other colleges, especially like a lot bigger ones that have a lot more like resources for fraternities and sororities? And so like, yeah, just how does that differ, you think, from here? I think there are a lot of differences between Greek life here at William & Mary compared to, you know, the big Southern schools. I think it comes along with just like traditions staying a thing down there. And the 
identity of our school is very different. And I think that contributes a lot to the people who end up being attracted to this place. The Greek life scene is something that's appealing to those people because I think it's sort of not only like an outlet as like a social scene, but also like we've been mentioning, just like a good foundation to have here. And my friends have been such a great foundation that I've been able to establish here. For me, I think that just like you were talking about, Emma, the, the, the larger like Southern schools, you know going in that there are people going to college to party. That is why they're going. And a big concern for people that are going to college to you know get a degree is if I join this organization, am I going to become one of those people or am I going to get sucked into their circles? And I think that coming to William & Mary, you realize like you wouldn't be here if you didn't at least grind a little bit in hopes of, of getting somewhere. And so there isn't as much anxiety with regards to how badly is this going to affect my academics. I think that allows for a, a wider range of students that end up joining fraternities and sororities. You, you're not just getting the people who are prepared to do nothing but party. You're getting people who need that balance, who are expecting that balance. And having that diversity of people. I mean, we have in my fraternity, we have people that are, you know, 4 students and we have people who could, you know, maybe use a little push. But uh, um, I think by, by being surrounded by those people, you're, you're creating a good um, support system of people who sympathize with what you're going through. You're not going to be scared of being ostracized for caring about your schoolwork. Um, from my experience, that has always been understood and supported. So I think that's that's definitely very important at this university. I'm very, very grateful for that aspect of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the word balance is like the key word here because definitely. the harmony that is needed to maintain this organization along with, you know, William Mary students are so well connected around campus. They are well-rounded individuals and most of the people that I know in my sorority are involved in two or three other organizations that they just commit their time to along with a vigorous academic schedule and I have so much pride like it just makes me so excited to brag in a way about like the people that I get to surround myself with um because I was lucky enough to join this organization yeah it always interests me so much to see like what other organizations my brothers are on the executive board for and that's a huge draw for a lot of for a lot of potential new members. They're like, wow, this is really giving me, you know, connections to other things around campus. For me personally, none of the other organizations that I joined, I would have if it weren't for people and connections that I made through KA, in, in all honesty. Uh, from things like one year, actually, I served as the president of the Clay Target Club here, which most people don't even know exists. But that was from connections that I made through KA. I ended up joining AKSI because of uh, connections I made through KA. So from what I've heard from talking to my friends in other organizations, this seems to be a common theme for students here. So I think that's something that should not be overlooked. Yeah. I mean, we, we call ourselves leading women and like networking is such a big thing. Like There are so many heads of organizations in our organization I am the president of Reveille Acapella, and I wouldn't have joined if it weren't for one senior theta when I was a freshman who encouraged me to try out. So it's just like very full circle. Yeah. And yeah. In our integrative approach to well-being, taking note that all of the eight elements are working together and finding the sense of harmony. And I really appreciate the sense and focus and prioritization on, on the social elements. I think that those have lifetime impacts. I think that can make or break your current experience. And it is ultimately one of the 
most foundational pieces for our mental, emotional well-being, right? Specifically, even in suicide prevention, like one of the best indicators for prevention are those strong social foundations. So what is it beyond that social element as you guys are facilitating these experience to enhance that those social connections for folks? What also are you doing to ensure the protection of and nourishing that mental and emotional well-being beyond that social piece of it? So specific to my organization, but it can definitely be extrapolated for for others. One of the things that I pushed very heavily during my presidency was the fact that our nationals organization actually offers three months of free therapy through Talkspace, which was massive because most people didn't even know about that. And so when I was president, I was ensuring that everybody knew because I despise the stigma around this goes for everybody, but specifically for men and mental health. I despise the stigma around psychiatry and therapy. I probably wouldn't be on this campus, especially not in this room, if it weren't for those two things for me. I was diagnosed with obsessive panic disorder my freshman year, and that's been the hardest thing in my life to deal with. I'm like tremendously proud of how much progress I've made. But regardless, I, I think that I would not have been able to force myself to get that, Emma, like you were talking about, balance. There's no way I would have been able to motivate myself to remove myself from that academic tunnel vision. Greek life here has provided that for me. One of the bigger things is being in a fraternity that especially is more closely knit than, you know, some of the fraternities that you'd see at like Bama, for instance, where I can't even imagine that you'd know all the names. Being in such a closely knit community of people who you genuinely feel connected to as as brothers, I feel more comfortable in setting boundaries. There is nobody in KA who isn't aware of my mental health struggles. Everybody knows when I say like, guys, I'm feeling very panicky tonight. I, I can't make it out to this thing. Nobody's going to argue. However, if I have like, for instance, a group project in class with people that I don't really know, and I tell them, you know, the same thing, like, could we please push this back? I feel like I'm having an anxiety spike. I feel significantly less confident letting them know that because as soon as I say that, as is the nature of my disorder, I'm going to start thinking like, oh, they think that I'm trying to get out of this. It's an excuse. Exactly. Like, yeah, they just don't get that where you're coming from. So having people who are so intrinsically understanding because you're so close with them, I think is, is a tremendous help. At least it has been for me. And I'll just say like, as someone who's been pretty far removed from Greek life culture my entire life, and I think I definitely came into college with a negative bias against it. Personally, it's not for me. And I think that's fine. But also, I think over time, I've definitely grown to understand the benefits and understand that as it is, it's a group of people who have shared values of wanting to connect with other people while also having fun in college. And I think that's a great thing. And I think like, despite a lot of like systemic problems and despite other issues that can come up within Greek life, it's a great opportunity for people to be able to come and make connections. And because it, it's something that like it bleeds into all other aspects. Like if you join a research group, everyone is interested in that research and that's great. But in a fraternity or a sorority, you go in and your shared value is wanting to be there and wanting to be social with other people. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And I think, again, over time, um, I've definitely come to better understand that kind of dynamic. And I think that's really special. And especially on this campus where, like, I've just noticed and I tell this every time that someone else talks to me who doesn't go to this school, like, 
I really feel like I could talk to anyone on this campus, anyone in any kind of Greek life organization, and they're going to be so cool. They're going to be some of the Everyone's most... Everyone's so kind. Yeah. And that's what I love about <laughs> William & Mary. Yeah. And like, it's not a thing where, and like, I can't speak for other schools, but like, I'm never going to meet someone from a sorority or a fraternity and feel like that's their only personality trait. They're some of like the most intellectually curious people I've come across. And I think that's really special here. This has been the first part of our conversation about wellness and Greek life with Emma and Peter. Stay tuned for next week where we continue the conversation. Thank you for listening, and thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Ginny Helmendaller. 